Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it The Money Pit is brought to you by Delta, Leviton, and Stanley Tools. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's that ho-ho home improvement time of the year again. It's one of our favorite times of the year, mostly because we don't really do too many home improvements right now. We're kind of in that sort of chill-out mode, getting ready for the holidays. But it is time for us to plan projects for the new year. So if you have a project on your to-do list, let's take the first step of moving it towards the done list by calling us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Now, there are some minor home improvements that a lot of us tackle this time of year, like, for example, hanging the holiday lights. Don't you hate when you get those light strings that worked last year and they just don't work this year? We've got tips on how to fix that on moneypit.com. But it's also a time that we spend a lot of time up on ladders hanging these things, which leads to a lot of emergency room visits. So we've got some ladder safety tips coming up in just a bit. And have USB chargers taken up permanent residence and outlets throughout your house? I know they seem to have in mine. <laughs> well, all of us here in the studio are nodding yes in agreement with me. Hey, you guys, you can actually charge your smartphones, tablets, and laptops efficiently without those clunky adapters and all in one place. We'll tell you how. Plus, since elves are not going to come and shovel you out after a snowstorm, it might be time to invest in a snowblower. We've got tips on how to choose the best type for the average Average homeowner. And we can't get enough of this hot new gift item. Emphasis on hot. It's the Delta Temp 2O, and it's available exclusively at Home Depot. It displays the temperature of your shower's water so you know what you're getting into before you step in. It's one of the dozens of ideas in our 2014 holiday gift guide, and we're giving away free to one caller on the air this hour. So give us a call. That might just be you. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. John in Michigan's on the line is having an HVAC issue. What's going on in your money pit? Well, I got a house I just bought recently. It's on a, it's a ranch uh, on uh, with crawl space, no basement. Okay. And my heating ducts are in the ceiling, and the return is on the outside walls, but it's not ducked back to the furnace in the crawl space. It's just it's all open down there. There's no no ducking. Does the return duct run also through the attic, John? Yeah, so the heat's in the attic. All right. So what's your what's your question? Should it be ducked back 
to the furnace, the, the return. What you're telling me is that the duct system goes through the attic, the furnace is located in the garage, and when you pull the vent, the uh, um, the filter off of the furnace, there seems to be no return connected to it whatsoever. Is that correct? That is correct. That's a problem, okay? Because the way an HVAC system works is it doesn't heat the air up all at once. It recycles the air, and it gets warmer every time it goes through, or in the summer it gets cooler every time it goes through. So you definitely have an incomplete HVAC system, and you need to have a real HVAC professional come in and evaluate it and figure out the best way to get you a return system in that house. Okay. That's what I want to know. All right, John. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, next up, we've got Joyce in Illinois, who's having a flooring issue. Tell us what's going on. Well, a few years ago, I put down a new kitchen floor, a Congolium Dura Ceramic kitchen floor. And it has all these marks and things on it that I had a guy come out and look at it. And he said it was a problem from the factory. And I thought they were going to replace it, and they never did replace it for me. And I was just wondering, what do I put down? I have home daycare, and I was wondering what I could put down to stand up to my home daycare and still look nice. Laminate works really well, and it's gotten less expensive. It's easier to install. Laminate floor is... Um, can look like vinyl, can look like stone, it can, can look like wood, it can look like anything. And it's basically made of a medium-density fiberboard and then a color layer, which has the pattern of the stone or whatever it is on it, and then, uh, and, and, and then the laminates on top of that. So basically, it's a sandwich. And while people are comparing, compare laminates to, say, a laminate countertop, like a, like a Formica, the laminate floor um, is, is actually about 100 times more durable because they put more protection on it. Yeah, I've had a laminate floor down in my house, which is a very old house, for about 10 years, and it looks as good as the day we put it down. So I know it stands up well. Well, I know I have daycare, and the kids are throwing toys around and everything else. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Kids, dogs, toys, uh-huh. furniture. Yeah, I would take a look at laminate. It's tough stuff okay. and easy to clean. Okay. All right, Joyce, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're here to give you a hand. Give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, don't climb to replace that dead bulb just yet. Ladder accidents will send thousands of people to the hospital this year. Make sure you're not one of them. We've got your ladder safety checklist next. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the Chamberlain MyQ Garage. If you forget to close your garage door, it alerts your smartphone so you can control it from anywhere. Works with most garage door openers. Discover smarter possibilities at Chamberlain.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number here is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. 
Hey, have you ever stepped into the shower only to jump out from shower shock? <laughs> yes, I happen to like a very super duper duper hot shower and I'm always, you know, kind of angry when it's not hot enough for me. Well, Delta has figured out a way to make me happy and pretty much everybody else out there because they have a brand spanking new shower head called Temp 2O Technology. Now, the shower head actually has an LED display with the temperature right on it and it's water powered so you have no batteries to deal with. The Delta shower head with Temp 2O Technology is available exclusively at the Home Depot, but we're giving one away to a caller this hour drawn at random, so maybe that will be you if you pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. All right, now we've got Jack in Delaware on the line who's dealing with a whistling noise coming from his HVAC system, and he thinks it's the furnace. Hey, Jack, what can we do for you? My problem is this. I'm 67 years old. I've never had this for all the houses I've ever owned. But when the heat is on, it sounds like a jet plane taking off through the air ducts. I mean, mostly up in the loft, but you can hear it everywhere. So if you're laying in a bed in, in the bedroom in the loft, say, and the heat comes on, it can wake you up. It'll make like a whistling sound. So I call it because this is guaranteed for a year. So naturally, I called them to come take a look at this. I wasn't home. My wife was. And then when I got home, she said, they said, everything's fine. Well, it's not. So I want to call them back, and I want to be here when they come back, but I don't want to sound stupid, and I want to make sure I can ask the right question. Well, the reason it's doing that is it has to do with the installation of the duct system. It's a, it's a design issue. And with some systems, if the ducts perhaps are too small, they have too many turns in them, they're not you know smooth in terms of their transition from room to room to room, you're going to get a buildup of pressure that makes this worse. So this is a problem of installation. Okay. It, it might be that this is a higher efficiency furnace that's, uh, you know, has a higher flow than perhaps other ones. You might want to talk to them about whether or not the fan speed can be adjusted. I don't know if that will impact it, but it's really the duct system, not the furnace, that's causing the problem. The furnace would probably be quite silent if it wasn't hooked up to the ducts. And, of course, if it fixed any duct work, would be just like they wouldn't do that. I would bring it up with them. But the thing is, you're not going to be able to rely on any kind of warranty on this. Are you talking about the new homeowner's warranty, the new home buyer's warranty? Yes. Yes. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it's not worth the paper it's printed on. I know a lot about those programs, and I got to tell you, you that they 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 cover builders only if builders get an F. They don't cover A, B, C, and D. You know what I mean? Like unless it's really bad, that's when maybe something kicks in. And even so, the coverage is just not good, and the programs are just not solid. I used to arbitrate for some of those years ago, and and I remember you know horrific defects that weren't covered. So I have no faith in those programs. You might be better off dealing directly with the with the builder than trying to go through the warranty company because the warranty company is going to have a very specific set of standards that says what is and what isn't covered, and you're not required to you know necessarily in most cases go through the warranty company. You can go direct to the builder, and if and if you're loud enough and persistent enough, you might get it fixed. That's why I am going to do that. I definitely want to go to the builder first. I just wanted to go to the builder armed with some kind of knowledge. Right off the bat, you helped me because I thought it was the furnace. No, it's the duct system that's causing this. All right, one more thing about the furnace. I'm going to hold you. Um, when the air conditioning was on last summer, uh, I had to have a little bucket under this one pipe because it kept dripping. And I called them back about that, and they said, oh, the insulation around this copper pipe it wasn't tight enough. And so he, he did something, and again, I wasn't home and left and now it doesn't drip as bad but it still has a lot of moisture where i keep like a rag underneath the thing just so it doesn't puddle on the floor 
Well, Chris, that's not right, right? I mean, you're not supposed to have any moisture, right? No, of course it's not. That's that's an active leak, even though it hasn't gone to, to become a drip. And it's going to get worse in the summer when it's really humid out. So it might just come back as bad as it was before. Is this a development where there's a lot of uh, homes that are built? Yes, yes. A brand new development. It's a 55 and older uh, development. I got some suggestions for you. There's power in numbers when it comes to that. It's easy to, to ignore one homeowner, but if you get a few of them together that are having the same issue, it becomes a lot more difficult for the builder to ignore. Somebody should say that we had we have one of the owners uh, um, down the street wants to form a committee to have all our grievances listed and go to the building. Yeah, I think it's a great idea, and also involve the uh, building inspectors locally of the municipality because if 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 the building inspectors know that there's issues with these properties, they're going to be a lot more careful about inspecting them, and that's something the builder is not going to be happy about, and you might just twist his arm enough to address it. It stinks to have to complain to get something done, but sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, well, I'm about to become the wheel. I'm going to squeak. All right. Good luck, Jack. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you're using your ladder this holiday, there's a good chance that it's the first time since last year. So whether you're hanging outdoor lights or just putting a topper on your tree, don't take one step up before you take a few cautionary steps here on the ground. For starters, you want to inspect your ladder. This is important because worn or broken ladders cause hundreds of thousands of serious injuries each year. So make sure yours has slip-resistant rungs and feet, and look out for split rungs or loose rivets. That happens quite frequently with ladders, and if you look for it, you're going to find it and save yourself a fall. Yeah, and if you happen to be using an extension ladder, you want to make sure that it's not pitched too steep deeply. For example, if your roof is 12 feet high, the base of your ladder needs to be at least three feet from the house. You want it to be a quarter of the distance away as the height. Does that make sense? This way, you know, you're you're at a safe incline. And when you do climb up, make sure you've got somebody there to hold the base steady. And you know that little label that says never stand above this step? Well, follow that advice. It's there for a reason. And it can make the difference between a holiday spent with loved ones at home or perhaps in in the emergency room, which we don't want you to do. So be safe. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Harriet and Georgia is on the line with a painting question. What are you working on? I have a brick house and the trim is wood. My house was built in 78 and originally the trim was painted with oil-based paint. And since then, it's been painted with latex paint. And I've felt like the oil-based paint lasted better, longer, and I wondered uh, what y'all recommended. Well, I mean, certainly oil-based paint is more durable in terms of sort of wear and tear because it's harder. But if you have latex on it right now and you want to go back to oil or back to solvent-based paint, you're going to basically have to sand that to make sure there's no loose paint left, and then you're going to have to prime it and then put your top coat over that. Because my concern is that if it's not prepped properly, that you might get a situation where it delaminates, Harriet, and, and starts to peel off. You've got to get rid of that top layer of paint by sanding it to make sure that whatever's left is really well adhered to the surface that was originally applied to. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Well, if I did the oil-based paint and did sand it good, is that a better paint than latex, or it doesn't really matter that much? Well, it's maybe a little bit more durable. But, you know, there's plenty of good quality latex paints that are out there today. The thing about paint is you don't want to kind of cheapen out on it. You want to use the best paint from a good manufacturer because if you use, like, for example, a Benjamin Moore or a Sherwin-Williams, you're going to have good results. The only time I I really suggest oil-based paint these days may be on a floor 
if you're going to paint a floor because it's really durable for that, or perhaps on something like kitchen cabinets where the door's getting banged around a lot. But for trim, for the most part, you can use a latex-based paint. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You in Alaska is looking to put a new floor in the bath. How can we help you? Doing a walk-in shower for my wife. It's 655 and trying to decide on doing ceramic tile for the flooring or doing the river stone for the flooring. And I don't know which one's better or last longer or aesthetically pleasing. Well, I think they'll both last equally long. The Riverstone's very trendy right now. I mean, it's gorgeous. I think it feels good. I think it has a very interesting spa experience type of feel and look to it. And the Riverstone, you know, you can get in a variety of heights and sizes, and it comes on a 12 by 12 sort of mesh backing with the, the stone already adhered to it, so it's very easy to install. I would only do that as the flooring in the standing shower itself, not in the rest of the space gives you an opportunity to mix textures and colors and elements and it really could create a beautiful look well the other question if i did the river stone for the threshold going around the shower face should i do a ceramic stone because that's uh four inch four by four well i wouldn't do the river stone on the threshold i'd do like a piece of marble or something else that's smooth all right that makes sense well thank you for your input oh enjoy it it's gonna be a nice bathroom ron in tennessee you've got the money pit how can we help you today yeah i have a uh a home with a crawl space, and I've had some uh, moisture under there, and, and the builder, when he built it, he ran the, the runoff from the roof down into the French drains. I diverted that, and it's helped a lot, but it's still moist. And I'm asking if, uh, if these encapsulated systems where they trench the perimeter of the inside of the crawl space and, and uh, seal off the systems with a dehumidifier and a sump pump, um, how they work, and if that's... Uh, solution to these kinds of problems. All right. So first of all, the roof drains were going where before you capped them off? <laughs> down, down in the French drain. Yeah, that's not too smart, huh? No, it wasn't. I diverted that and, and it helped a lot, but, but it's still moist under there. All right. So now that you've got the roof drains disconnected from the, from the French drain, um, are those drains extending out away from the foundation perimeter? For sure. How far out did they go? Oh, 20 feet. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good thing. All right. So the second thing that you could do uh, easily is make sure that the soil that surrounds the foundation perimeter is sloped away. Most of the time that soil settles after the house is built and comes flat or even inverted. So you want to make sure you have a pitch where the soil is running away from the foundation, dropping about six inches over four feet. You can plant something on that grass or mulch or stone after, but make sure you have good solid drainage. Now let's talk about the vents in the crawl space. You need to have enough vents, so probably one or two on each wall. You need to make sure that the crawl space floor has a vapor barrier on it. What's the crawl space floor now? It's vapor barrier only. It's vapor barrier, so it's it's completely covered in plastic? Right. Okay. And then the other thing that you could do is you could add vent fans to, to the walls and have them wired onto a humidistat so that when the moisture builds up inside the crawl space because the humidity is high, the fans will come on and draw the drier air in from the outside. Yeah. So those are things that you could do now without spending a whole lot of money to try to dry that space out. Yeah. Now, the idea of encapsulating the crawl space is not a bad approach, and many homes are starting to be built that way today, but that literally means sealing everything off 110%. Right. So since you're kind of closer to being able to improve the grading, improve the drainage, uh, double-check that vapor barrier to make sure it's really solid and it's you know thick and covering every aspect of that crawl space floor. Make sure if it overlaps, it overlaps about 10 feet. 
uh, make sure it's up against the, the foundation walls, and then get good ventilation, cross ventilation in there using some vent fans wired to humidistats. You may find that that gives you the rest, the rest of the moisture reduction that, you, that was left over after you rerouted those, those drains. Hey, are you guys sick of chargers and adapters cluttering up every single outlet in your home? Well, we've got news on a product that can help condense all of that charging into one space. I know you're excited about that. We're going to share those details coming up. Step into the grocery store. Have you ever noticed that you can smell the cleaning products four aisles away? That's indoor air pollution, and it's exactly what happens when you take those cleaning products inside your home. Shackley's green chemical-free cleaning innovations are a better option. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, more and more, we are ruled by our electronic devices. You know, I designed an entire wardrobe around where I plan on placing my smartphone for that day. No, seriously, you got to think about where the iPhone's going to go. But really, it's a fact of our tech life, and manufacturers are really taking notice. Including Levitin, one of the proud partners of the Money Pit. And what they've done has, is come up with an ingenious product. It's a USB charger outlet that eliminates the need for AC adapters for all your electronic devices. Here to tell us more is Jay Sherman, the director of marketing for Levitin. Hey, Jay. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. This is a really cool idea because... In my house, we're always battling for the charger, and somebody takes the charger and they move it to another place in the house, an office, a bedroom, wherever. You find these things all over the house, but you never quite know where they're going to be. If I just had a USB outlet uh, that was integrated with my electrical outlets, I wouldn't have to look very far, and, and frankly, I don't see why not. I mean, we pretty much need these chargers these days in every single room, so why not add these devices? Is this the first one on the market that incorporates uh, a USB? There are other on the market to be uh, candid, but Levitin's has the highest number of amps per USB port, and it also charges devices faster. How it works is we partnered with uh, Texas Instruments. There's a smart chip inside. The chip recognizes what kind of device, whether it's a tablet, a phone, a uh, gaming system component, it will recognize that part, and then it will deliver the required amount of amps to charge that device. Oh, interesting. So you really don't have to have uh, any difference in the charging device. The outlet really does it all. It knows the difference between an iPhone and an iPad and a gaming system. That's correct. In fact, it knows the difference between an iPhone 4 and 5 and 6. It, it really is a smart device. And and I had no idea that there were different power requirements, but uh, that's really cool. So Texas Instruments came up with that chip and, and partnered with you guys. So in addition to the USB port, does it have the conventional 15 or 20 amp outlets as well? Well, we have multiple versions. We do have a 15 amp version and a 20 amp version so that you'd have a typical or traditional duplex receptacle alongside two ports. We also have a four-port variation. So for someone who is willing to give up the receptacle in a space, they can actually put in a four-port USB charger, and that way you can, if you have a family of four, four phones, four tablets, 
They can all be charged simultaneously. No wall warts, no transformers. So how does it install? Do you just go wire for wire to where an old receptacle was, or is there any additional upgrading that you have to do? Leslie, that's a great question. I'm actually speaking to you from my kitchen, and I'm looking at a duplex USB charging receptacle, and uh, it, it installs very, very simply. I withdrew the previous receptacle that was there, and I just changed over, same wire for wire, as you said. Well, it can't be any easier than that. So where is the product available, Jay? Purchase the product through uh, electrical distribution or wholesalers. You can purchase it at big box stores like the Home Depot, and you can purchase it at Amazon.com. Very cool. It's a USB charger receptacle outlet, new on the market from Leviton, smart enough to figure out what device is plugged into it. And once you get used to having these in your house, you're going to wonder what took you so long. It's a terrific way uh, to get rid of all of those ugly chargers that we typically uh, carry from room to room. And in my case, I won't have to go looking for which family member took mine. (laughs) Jay Sherman, Director of Marketing from Leviton. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you for having us. All right, are you having flashbacks of last winter? Maybe it's got you in the market for a snowblower? But how do you know which one is right for you? We're going to tell you about an entry-level snowblower perfect for the average homeowner next on the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we've got more than just home improvement advice. We've also got some great gift ideas for every person left on your holiday gift list. Yeah, you want to head on over to MoneyPit.com, and we've got our 2014 holiday gift guide with great ideas for the gifts for the do-it-yourselfer in your life. Maybe even a gift for yourself, you know. Some pretty nice stuff on there. Absolutely. And one lucky caller we talked with on the air this hour is going to win one of those gifts. It's the Delta Temp 2.0. It's one of our favorite gift ideas this season. An easy-to-install hand shower that tells you the water's temperature before you step in. It's available exclusively at the Home Depot, but it goes home with one caller whose question is answered this hour. So give us a call with your question. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Vicky in Louisiana is on the line with a shower pressure issue, I would say. Tell us what's going on, Vicky. I have a shower, and when I turn the handle all the way to the left on the hot, the, the pressure is fine. As I turn it to the right to get to the cold, it's diminished. And when I get to the cold completely, it's probably about 25% of what the hot is. Is it only on this fixture, or does it happen at other showers or other sinks? No, it's just on that shower, just that okay. one shower. All right, and how old is the house, Vicky? Ten years old. Oh, so it's a fairly new house. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds to me like there's a problem with this, that shower diverter. Right, if it's just happening on that one fixture, that mm-hmm. rules out a problem, a bigger problem with the plumbing pipes. So for whatever reason, that diverter is not working properly. It could be clogged or obstructed in some way. Uh-huh. And it probably has to be, and it would have to be repaired or replaced. Okay, so is it something we can do at home, or is a plumber going to have to go inside that 
wall to do that, the shower wall. You can replace the the guts of it from the shower side without tearing it out. If you have to replace the whole thing, then you have to go into the wall. And if you have to go into the wall, um, the way it's usually done is by accessing that shower wall from the back side, depending on how, how, your, how your house is built. If that, happens to be against, yeah, if that happens to be against a closet or a bedroom or something like that, generally that's a lot easier than having to go through tile or, or whatever the surface is of your, of your shower stall. Yeah, this is the acrylic, the, the one piece. Yeah. So if it had to be replaced, you'd, go, you'd do it from the back. But a plumber should be able to repair that. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. So, Leslie, it occurred to me that my snow shoveling staff is dwindling with my two <laughs> older is. kids off to college. <laughs> it's only me and my younger son left to shovel because, oh, my wife, I should say, loved to shovel, too. But still, it's a lot of shoveling. Really, so for the she first loves time, to shovel, Tom? Well, I wouldn't say she loves it, but she likes getting outside and keeping us company and she makes a great effort at, at getting it done too. She, she wields a shovel with the best of them. But I'll tell you what, we decided this year for the first time ever to buy a snow blower, which of course means we're going to get no snow this season because that's kind of the way it works, right? But no, I just bought a snow blower from Snapper, which I'm really impressed with. It's called the Snow Shredder. And it's called that because the auger is serrated so you can chop, grind, and clear away compacted snow and ice like that nasty end of the driveway snow that's some built up kind of when the plow goes through. That's always the hardest part to get out, right? Yeah, that's the heaviest snow as well. And I feel like you end up doing that area like three, four times in comparison to how much you're actually shoveling the walkway. Now, what's really cool about the snow shredder is that it's a single stage machine that's perfect for homeowner use, especially if you're like me and you're in the entry level in terms of snow blowers, because to me, a snow blower is me with my shovel. Now, the drive system is going to keep the rotor in constant contact with the pavement so you can actually move forward without exerting a lot of effort. You got to check this out. Head on over to snowblowersdirect.com and check out the Snapper Deluxe single stage snow blower. Again, it's snowblowers direct.com. Paul in Michigan needs some help with a cabinet refinishing project. What's going on? Well, I have some cabinets I'm refinishing and I've, um, I have polyurethane over a stain on these cabinets. Okay. And I, I'm wondering whether I should put an oil base uh, primer on there or a latex primer. I've had several different opinions. Are you painting them? Yes. Okay. Have you done anything to sort of scuff up the surface to make it a little bit more susceptible to that primer? I've got some sandpaper, 180 sandpaper, and I'm going to start scuffing them. Yeah, because that's really the first step. You want to rough up that surface a little bit to make it more ready to have that primer adhere as best as it's going to to the surface. You can use um, regular sandpaper. You can use a little, you know, orbital sander. You can actually even use something called a liquid sander which is a liquid material that you brush on, and that sort of roughs up the surface as well. Basically, you just want to clean it and scuff up that surface and, you know, mar into that polyurethane a bit so that primer will stick. Now, between the oil and the latex, you know, you're in a situation where you've got a lot of moisture, a lot of dirt and grime, an oil-based primer, I think, is going to adhere best to a cabinet situation and then allow your paint to adhere well as 
you know, as a result. Okay, and then should I use an oil-based paint as well? No, I could, I would use a latex top coat, something with a gloss or a urethane over a matte finish just so that you get a good sheen that's easily cleanable. If you're going with a urethane or a, some sort of top coat, you want to make sure that it's non-yellowing because in kitchens, for some reason, all of that humidity and that grime tends to yellow those surfaces. Well, thank you very much. That's very helpful. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we're going to head on up to the attic with Eric in Alaska. What's going on in your money pit? Oh, well, uh, we bought a home this last year, and uh, unfortunately the home inspector we had hired uh, neglected to find uh, a lot of problems. One of them was uh, they didn't put a, a vapor barrier up in the attic. And so we're in the midst of... Uh, doing all the, the court issues with that, and I'm trying to find something I can do to mitigate uh, the migration of the moisture up into the attic or move it out of the attic until we can do permanent repairs. All right. Well, first of all, when you say there's no vapor barrier in the attic, so you're referring to vapor barrier between the under, between the ceiling and the insulation? Correct. Yeah, they didn't do anything. They just uh, We have knotty hardwood pine interior. Okay. And... They just laid the fiberglass on top of it. Is that what happened? Oh, well, that blown insulation, blown in insulation. Oh, blown in insulation. Okay. Well, you've got to manage your moisture, as you're well aware, and the best way to do that uh, in an attic is with a combination of roof vents. You want to use a ridge vent that goes down the peak of the roof. Do you have a ridge vent right now? Uh, right now, we just have E vents and gable vents. All right. So what I think you ought to think about installing a good quality ridge vent right down the peak of the roof that really opens up the attic and lets it breathe. Um, I would get one that's made by the Air Vent Corporation. It's a certain deed company. The reason I say that is because the metal vent that Air Vent makes, it has sort of a, a, a baffle on the side of it, if you look at the profile, that really speeds up the depressurization. So as wind is blown over your roof, it depressurizes that ridge and really draws air out of that. But that's only half of the ventilation system. The other half is soffit vents at the overhang of the roof. So if you had soffit vents and a ridge vent, then what happens is air presses into the soffit, it rides up under the roof sheathing and exits at the ridge. And that's a cycle that runs 24-7, 365. So you're always sort of washing drier ambient air through that attic and pulling moisture out at the same time. That's a very effective way to go. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a metal roof here. So do they have a, a, a application for a metal roof? Yeah, I don't see why you couldn't use a ridge vent on a metal roof. Uh, the specific type of ridge vent may be a little bit different, and of course the insulation is a little bit different. But we see metal, we see ridge vents and other types of vents on metal roofs all the time. The roof still has to breathe, metal or wood. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, this trend is back, and it's really driving me crazy, but it does look good. I'm talking about painted brick. It's popular again, but can it affect your home's value down the road? We're going to let you know, coming up. You live in a body pit. You need to get your house clean for the holidays? Why not get your house really clean by switching to Shackley? Shackley's Get Clean products rival or outperform 20 national brands. Plus, they're safe for you and safe for the environment. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. 
Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we've been talking about the Delta Hand Shower with Temp 2.0 technology this hour. And this technology is really a kind of cool game changer for bath fixtures because Temp 2.0 means that you get an LED readout of the exact temperature of the water. Now, there are three color indicators to signal temperature range for an easy visual check. And the technology is included in many of the hand showers and showers heads in the Delta line, uh, and the products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Yeah, another very cool feature is that this technology is powered by water. How cool is that? You're never going to need batteries again. And the fixtures have the water sense designation, which means they're going to save you water. It makes the perfect holiday gift, and we're giving one away this hour. So give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT, or you can always post your question in the community section of MoneyPit.com. Now, here we've got one from Joseph in Georgia who writes, I'm considering painting the brick mantle and fireplace in my living room could this affect my home's value and is it possible to remove the paint and restore the traditional brick look once this look goes out of style or when i want to sell my house uh the second question no (laughs) yeah it's never going to look the same it's really bricks really porous but you know what if you do it right i think it could be quite attractive especially if you use sort of that um whitewash kind of effect leslie where it's not really glossy it just kind of has sort of a white um almost lime like effect to it It kind of looks the makes the brick look distressed yeah i think the the key here is if you go for something that's really solid and glossy and fully painted over it's just that and it's it can look okay but it's a definitely a specific look but if you do do a wash in a simple white where it does look like it's kind of been absorbed in some areas and not so much in others and you see the color of the brick coming through it can be really beautiful and it's definitely worth a shot and if you don't like that look go ahead and paint over it fully since that's what you want in any way Well, no matter what you celebrate, there's a good chance candles represent hope and peace in your home this holiday season. So you want to make sure they don't have the opposite effect. Leslie's got advice for keeping the holiday spirit while also staying safe in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. If there's one rule of thumb when it comes to candles, it's this. Don't ever leave burning candles unattended. Yes, this includes your bathroom. I know everybody loves to have a small candle in a bathroom. It looks so pretty and it keeps things smelling nice, but it's actually extra flammable in light of aerosol products and the chance that children might close themselves into the bathroom unattended and have a flame in there with them. So not a good idea, guys. Also, you always want to keep candles away from flammable items and clip the wick to a quarter inch above the candle before you burn it. You need to space them at least three inches apart. Now, if your menorah or wreath includes candles in closer proximity, only keep them burning while adults are keeping a watchful eye and also keep a fire extinguisher handy. Now, when you're extinguishing any candle, you want to use a snuffer, you know, the little triangular shaped cone that you put over the candle itself to put out the flame. Because when you blow on a candle, it actually causes the hot wax to spray, which can not only cause burns, but you can damage your wall surface or your table surface or any upholstery that's nearby. Putting cold water on a hot candle can actually cause the glass or ceramic holder to break. So that's not a good idea. And finally, you want to avoid burning candles all the way down. You've got to snuff them out when there's about two inches of wax left. And be sure to keep them not only out of reach of children and pets, but also far away from tossed aside wrapping paper. We want to keep you guys safe this holiday season. I know candles are pretty, but burn candles smartly, guys. You'll be happy for it. Good advice. Coming up next time on The Money Pit, we're going to talk home security. It's never been so foolproof or so DIY friendly. 
We've got tips on how you can use Wi-Fi and Bluetooth technology to monitor your home from any place at any time on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 